his car crashing. Paramedics! We need a paramedic! Welcome to Set Meals, a weekly food show about the moments that surround mealtimes. I'm Samuel Ashton. And I'm Taylor Fawcett. If you're new to Set Meals, a food show created to satisfy our urge for neck oil, shish kebabs and world travel, welcome. If you've been around for a while, we're sorry. Sorry for sometimes getting the facts wrong. Sorry for offending some of you. Unintentionally, I might add. We're blinded by enthusiasm and drowning in factual errors, but guys, it's fine. It's alright, innit? Do you know why? 2020 20, 20 20 energy! So, any offending and inconsistencies aside, food lovers, here we are. We're back again for 30 minutes of unadulterated food chat. And this week, it's a goodie. Last week, we visited three uncles. Incidentally, it is on Deliveroo. A beautifully finished canteen-style restaurant serving some of the finest Cantonese-style meats Liverpool Street has to offer. So we're just taking some food. It was brilliant. Really They were delightful in there. This week, though, it's about one thing and one thing only. Pasta. Pasta, pasta, pasta. It's pasta. <laughs> it's pasta week on the pod. Tay got a pasta machine for Christmas. I run now, so I love pasta. And frankly, who doesn't love any form of fucking pasta with any sort of pesto or sauce on it? So, with no further delay, step into our flowery world. A world where two men search for fettuccine on jump bikes around the city in sub-zero conditions. A world where kitchen worktops are an absolute shit show. A place where two friends share numerous plates of pasta and risk catching a cold from one another yet again for the good of the pod. For the pod. Let's get into the show. Hi, Tay. Hi. We're back. We, we, we've braved the cold. It is fucking Baltic. Temperature is a very boring thing to talk about, but we are British, and it is part of our cultural heritage. It is so cold. We cycled back from town, and it was cold. It's very, very cold. You were on a jump bike, pinging around, zooming, pulling off, pulling mm. off, pulling off, pulling off, pulling off, pulling off, and I wasn't. <laughs> no, you were... Actually, I, do you know what? I, I admire your hill work. I'm a hill work. Not bad. It's all about that, that glute rhythm, you know? Arse rhythm. Gluten rhythm. Probably, because we're full of pasta, Sam. Got a pasta maker for Christmas. Because I mentioned it on the pod, and then my mum, who is one of the only people that listens to the pod, bought me a pasta maker. Do you know what? On that recording day, which was about a week before Christmas, if I I remember rightly, I almost bought you a pasta machine off the back of that record. Because you mentioned that, and I thought, you know what? It might be nice to buy my mate a pasta machine, because he wants one. Didn't do it. And then when I found out you had one... I, I did think, did I, did I have one? I imagine if I had just sent you a picture of it with no words. Yeah, I know. And, I would have and then you would have been like, myself. oh my God, did I? It was like that storyline in Coronation Street about 10 years ago when Audrey, um, she dated that old man and uh, he tricked her into thinking that she had gone mental and he took all her money. Not really like that, is it? No. <laughs> uh, anyway, so you got a pass machine off your lovely mum. I got who a pass machine met. off my lovely mum. Yeah. Yes. What's your mum's name? Sally. Sally. Of course it is. Hi, Sally. She uh, listens to the pod. And we should, we should, while we're here, my dad, David. Hi, David. And my nan, Jill. Hi, Jill. And then we've got Uncle Chris. Hi, Auntie Chris. Annie. Hi, Annie. Uncle Mel. Hi, Mel. Auntie Wendy. Uh, so you had a pass machine. We'll cut all that. Well, you, you had a pass machine. Uh, pasta is my favourite food. My favourite dish. Not even just like, a, you know, like, oh, I don't know, pasta. I, I love pasta. It, it just always makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Yeah, fair. God, it's so salty and good. And I don't understand how dough works right in terms of the science of it and like the proving and the and the kneading and the binding and all that stuff i just you know I, but I, pasta doesn't so so going into my pasta i was pleasantly surprised at i never really i never really thought about what pasta actually is 
Is pasta just eggs and flour? Literally just eggs and flour. No salt? Salt and everything, innit? Uh, well, no, I don't season the dough at all. So what makes good pasta good and bad pasta bad if it's just all eggs and flour? The quality uh, well, of those eggs and those, that flour. Using just egg yolks. Right, okay. Which gives pasta a yellow colour. Yes. Instead okay. of the sort of whiter colour you sometimes get. Ah, okay. Like, you know, you know, you know your pasta comes in a restaurant it's really bright yellow. Yeah. That's like because they've used just really good oh, egg yolks. shit. So how many uh, eggs have you bought since uh, Christmas? Oh, so many. I bet. It could, because the thing is, is like I open that cookbook and it's like, use 14 egg yolks. And I'm like, oh, my oh God. That's, like, that's more than a big pack. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't even do organic eggs in the big pack in the Sainsbury's near me or the MS. So, like, how am I supposed to get the big pack? Because mm. this is the other thing I don't understand about dough is the first time round, basically, right, I've done pasta twice now mm. on my pasta machine. Once about two weeks ago, once this weekend. I'm going to take about both occasions because the first time. I'm going to tell you, I nailed it. Feeling pretty good about my little pecorino and black pepper little parcels. And the first time, my, pa- my dough was all falling apart and it was all straggly and weird. And then I was just like sort of mixing it and kept mixing it. And then suddenly it just became this ball of dough. And then this time I added an extra egg yolk because I was like, well, I thought it was dry before. And it just, it was, it was wet. Uh, it was so wet. I've reflowered. Maybe I'll maybe I'll reflower again. You have your ball. You have your ball of dough, and you kind of flatten it out so that it's like you know uh, maybe half an inch thick, and then you can start to roll it through the pasta maker. Have so, all this pasta flat pasta everywhere. No, no to put it. I don't understand how I'm supposed to hold it in one hand and crank it through, and then unravel it with the other hand. It's a lot of work. It's very complicated. What are you putting on your pasta? I know we haven't finished the pasta uh, itself yet, but what, what, what what's the dish? What's the goal? Dish? So I was going, I was going. Uh, I want to go super simple because you don't want to overcomplicate with fillings and stuff, do you? Yeah, fair. When I'm only making the pasta for the first time, uh, I was. The aims were, and this was both times. The aims were a simple like tortellini, mm-hmm. uh, just with pecorino in it. Just that. Too easy. Are we in about? Five hundred grams of pecorino. I haven't even cooked the pasta yet. This weekend, I tried to do two different filled ones, but the dough was so bad that I had a sulk through it away and didn't even make the second one. And I'm not even going to bother doing the other ones because, frankly, my dough is a disgrace. And I just did a tomato sauce. I went to the Italian deli, got the good tomatoes. Nice. Did the exact tomato sauce that they told me in the uh, Gloria cookbook, and it was delicious. They say you should always have some tomato confit in your fridge, which is basically where you just get a big tray of cherry tomatoes, cover them in uh, salt and icing sugar, right. and then you just cook them down so they caramelize, and then basically they're just like cooked Co- tomato, like, cooked tomatoes, okay, right? right cooking yeah. for like 30 minutes. So I was like, oh, cool, I'm cooking anyway, so I'll put some in and I can put some in with the pasta. Great. Oh, shit, I burn my, I burn my tomatoes. Tomatoes are What burnt. do you think about pasta in London? Pasta in London's a funny one because it's, it had a real boom last year, and I feel like everywhere was a pasta restaurant that was opening. Uh, I, I actually don't often go out for pasta and I quite enjoy cooking pasta in terms of just using dry pasta and just like piecing together a pasta dish mm-hmm. at home mm-hmm. easy fucking it's basically every single night of the week at home and it's cheap what's your dry pasta shape of choice oh always linguine yeah same me too always linguine unless as we discussed before marmite pasta in which case it's it's uh, right. uh, 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 shells. I, I very rare I go Penne if I'm doing like never penne. No, I go penne if I'm doing like pasta. And I know I want to have it for the day after for like work or something, which is a bit shit. But I just penne. feel like penne is quite easy to eat. I'd never go bows. 
Penne is the worst. Nah. For me, Penne nah. is the lowest of the low. Nah. Followed briefly by Fusilli. Fusilli. Spirals? Spirals. Yeah. London, the pasta has had a moment in London, much like a lot of things in London. The one thing I've realised since moving to London about seven years ago is that things going through real waves. Like, mm. such fucking strong waves. Burgers was the first one that happened when I first got here. That was in the tail end when I was here. I feel like chicken then had a big, a big fucking moment. Like fried chicken. Fried chicken. Chicken burgers and mm-hmm. dippers and all that sort of stuff. Pizza happened. Pizza Pilgrims, Home Slice, Yard Sale, mm-hmm. Pasta's now happening. Tacos has kind of happened. Tacos, I think, is happening now as well. I think Tacos is a weird one because Posh Tacos has kind of always like been simmering, but no one's really nailed it until until well, now. Well, maybe, maybe. That's another ep, though. Um, pasta, I think, is it having its moment now. We're not the first ones to say this, obviously. There are a fucking lot of pasta restaurants. There's a lot to choose from. Uh, we've dabbled in some of them. We've talked about some of them sometimes. We're going to give you a very fast run-through of pasta restaurants we think you should hit up and maybe shouldn't hit up as quickly. Yeah. Is that fair? Very diplomatically put, yes. Uh, yeah, I have I have a little list here. Hear me? Okay. Uh, obvious one. Top of all the lists. Padella. Padella's the one that started the hype, I think. The first pasta hype restaurant. Yeah, famously very hard to get into. Always yeah. a queue. Yeah. Um, and I definitely thought it wasn't going to live up to the hype because most places often don't. No, that's unfair. A lot of times I, a lot of times I let my expectations of places get really high. Yes. And then I go there and I'm like, uh, yeah, it's really good, but I thought it was going to be better. Uh, Padella I loved. Yeah. And I particularly, I mean, the food was amazing goes without saying really like obviously it gets amazing reviews i really like the atmosphere it was very small very intimate the service is really good mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. um and the best thing about the service was that she had to ask us to leave because there was someone waiting for our table but the way she handled it was very it's a good it's very a good, well done which i don't think it's an easy th- yeah i don't yeah. think it's an easy thing to do i particularly enjoyed their virtual queuing system you let's let's go i'll go then you go then i'll go then you go my current top is Legay, mm. which is in shad thames yeah, which I've is down by the yet. river um run by jay and matt and they are do you know what Legay is fucking great because they are some of the nicest people i've ever met they're so nice and walking into Legay is like a real heartwarming exactly where you want a pasta place to be mm, that's nice not just pasta it's like broad i think they describe it as like broadly italian it is a delight. It's a, do you know what? It's a delight for a glass of white with a bowl of pasta on like a Saturday afternoon. Uh, my next one is Popham's in Hackney. Interesting. I've still not been to Popham's yet. You have been to Popham's. Popham's is a bakery famed for their pastries. However, they do a pasta night as well. Yeah, no, all week now. Tuesday oh. through Sunday, yeah. They do pasta every night. Helping their bottom line. You loved You loved yeah, it. Yeah, it's not, it's not like your traditional t- Italian offering. It's a bit posh. It's posher. It's more. It's more. I didn't want to, saying the posher sounded disrespectful, but it's more sort of refined in a way that kind of like takes pasta in essence, but then adapts it to kind of. Because they do like a bacon and maple syrup pastry, and like yeah. and, and, like it, and it looks like a work of art. I've got an offside one. Go on. Bright's lasagna fritter. Mm. Bright is part of the P Franco group. And it is just off London Fields. They do a um, lasagna fritter, which is exactly how it sounds. Uh, deep fried lasagna. How do they do that? Uh, mate, it is. How does it not go everywhere? So good. I don't know. I don't know. Not too far from there. Brawn. There's oh. a lot of good pasta. Our favourite spot. Brawn's the hack. 
I actually don't think I've eaten any pasta in Braun because I think I ate everything else there. I just had the pasta a cheche, which I pronounced oh. famously, which no, is I a did chickpea. Have I did have that. This is a chickpea sort of broth mm -hmm. thing. This is yeah. what you're talking about? Yes. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I, I couldn't remember what it was, and then you said it. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which um was yeah very different take. I want to say I want to say it's Umbrian. But I, I'm telling you now, I don't actually know what Umbrian is. is I don't know if that thing was Umbrian. I know it's a region in Italy, but that's all I know. Okay. Uh, but uh, you, when I think Umbrian, I think of like a brown. Yeah, I think brown as well when I think of Umbria. Yeah. That is. That is definitely. It's definitely not. How many people do you think are in a oh, So many. DM and if you are, say, if you are. F no, um, <laughs> don't, you can't keep that in. <laughs> This week's restaurant section is a double header. Mm -hmm. um, we knew we were going to do a pasta episode. We knew we were going to be like up against it, but we wanted to squeeze it all in. We wanted to go to Officina on Old Street. Do you, you pronounce the two zeros in that? Uh, well, I guess so, because zero zero is the type of flower, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Officina zero zero? It's not, not very catchy, catchy, is it? No, it's not very catchy. Oh. And we also went to Lena Stores, which is a uh, pasta restaurant in uh, King's Cross. Let's start from the top. Officina zero zero. What's zero in uh, Italian? Zero. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> in Italian, you would say zero. Thank you. Officina zero. Very much. I said it was zero. Yeah, you also said it in a patronising tone. All right. Going to two different Italian restaurants in one night seems like a bit of a ridiculous thing. Yeah. Only when I look back on it. And the fact that we decided to have a pint of Guinness beforehand. Uh, I booked a table. Are they even open yet? Ten to five. Probably not. A quick beer, yeah, yeah, fuck it. Nice. Hey, let's get a nice cold beer. Lube up, yeah. We turned like up, so we were going to Officina 00, correct? Good pronunciation, mm -hmm. uh, on Old Street. But we turned up at 10 to 5 and it wasn't open yet, it was so empty. And it? we didn't really want to be part of the staff meeting, no, no. So, vibe kill, mood kill. We decided to go for a nice drink, yeah. before went for a night, nice, uh. We went to a Weatherspoons next next door. It's the only I mean, thing, it's thing around. Let's do a pasta. Let's do a pasta in here. Yeah, it'd probably be good as well. And by good, I mean. It was rammed in there. It was so busy. Yeah, they're always busy in those yeah. Weatherspoons. Uh, two pints of Guinness later, we were back in Officina 00. Yes. Uh, and it was still as empty as it was when it we left. It was very empty. There's nothing, fact, there's nothing less enjoyable about turning up to a restaurant and seeing six of the ten staff huddled by the front door ready yeah. to welcome you. Yeah. Fucking miserable. That said, we went in. Yes. They sat us down. They did. I was feeling a little sceptical about this place because a friend of ours, Chris, had been there before and he had had a... Uh, Less than ideal experience with the staff there. Mm. He said that they were rushing rushing them out, basically. Hey, we didn't have that worry, do we? No. We were absolutely set on being there. We could have be, we'd still be there now. Yeah, no one else came in. So. No one else there, exactly. Uh, so I was a little bit, I was ready to like, to be annoyed by the staff. I thought she was delightful. Um, Italian restaurant, okay. Uh, this is, uh, we are focused on the homemade pasta. Everything is going to just like that, as you can see. Um, um, this is a sharing concept kind of tapas, but with Italian food. 
everything is designed to be shared. The menu is divided by um, a, small, a small bite, it's like tables. Then we have the starters here, and then we have all these, which are the pastas, which are the main courses. As I said, everything is designed to be shared. And general for the table for two, we recommend four to six dishes, but depends how hungry. I was geared up to be a bit like, oh, these are going to be shit. And then she was really lovely, and I thought, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm the dick. It's a bit of a weird one when you're not going for like a full meal because no. you feel a bit weird not ordering drinks. Or yeah. and, and do you know what I always feel bad about? Is that when they come over and they give them their big spiel, and we were the first spiel of the night. I, I've got one neggy bit of the review. Have you? A guy sat next to us, eventually, started vaping. Yeah. Started vaping. The man had a, um, a T-shirt on, black T-shirt, very normal from the back. Front of it had a tie printed on it. Abnormal printed. We got, we got we, walked to be fair. The menu. You say about the spiel. She gave us the spiel, and then we we ordered exactly what she told us to. Oh yeah, look, we were completely open minded. I hadn't really heard about this place, and I always feel like whenever I see it, um, it's always on a list. It's always on a list, but it's also like fifth down or something, and it's in the shadows of like places that are quite frankly better branded and have like nailed opening week rather than just like oh just like just opened. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. It hasn't really like hit that. Hi, fucking no. She told us to order six dishes. Yes. As I said, everything is designed to be shared. And general for the table for two, we recommend four to six dishes, but depends how hungry you are. It's a ridiculous thing. I know that these places, are, she said it was like Italian tapas. Yeah. But. There's no, I'm sorry, right? We didn't know at the time. By the time those pasta dishes came, if we did order six of them. No. It's insane. Also, can we not um, can we not brush past the fact that you almost set your uh, menu on fire? Oh when yeah, you, <laughs> you were in there. I was using the light of the candle to like light through my menu, <laughs> and then I could smell something as she was talking, and I was like, "Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you." I thought I could smell Bernie. <laughs> No one acknowledged it. <laughs> I thought I'd like singed one of my hairs on my arm or something. Yeah, that's what candle. it smelled like. It smelled awful. We ordered these two pasta dishes. Yes. Uh, which I'll come to in a second. But we thought we should have something just to cleanse the palate, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, ravio, ravio, fried raviolo. Yes. That's right. Which sounds a lot better. Well, I, now I've just realised... Raviolo mm. is one. Ravioli uh, is multiple. We still got them though, didn't we? Ordered two. We go, oh, fine, we'll have two. Is that four pounds worth of fried raviolo? Yeah. yeah. Ravioli. Ah, see, it yeah, same exactly. ravioli. Yeah, exactly. And it was... Uh, it, it, uh, it was shit, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. It was shit. It was dry. It was shit. We'll get the peachy and the corsetti, at least. And that's, that's us. We're good. We're, um, we're eating later tonight as well, so we're just, um, this is like a pre-game snack, you know. Cosetti, which is like, it was like a flat. It was almost like just, if you got, you know, you get two pieces of pasta and then fill them and put one of the other for ravioli. It was just like one piece. Yeah. Um, which had uh, fennel sausage mm-hmm. and wild mushrooms mm-hmm. and then like a sort of creamy, yeah, thymey mm-hmm. thing, which came with a balsamic glaze kind well, of... I think she said it was like a reduced red wine glaze. That's even more 90s. I know. And I thought, ah, I don't know, not too, I'm not too sure about that. And then, and then the second dish we ordered was the... The peachy. The peachy, which was like, was it called that? It was peachy, yeah. Peachy's a very thick pasta, looks like a noodle noodle. Um, 
what wasn't very enjoyable. It it was like it, for me, it was like a vegetarian bolognese. Yeah, it it had um, red and yellow tomatoes, mm-hmm. cherry tomatoes, and then I'm not sure, actually sure what else it was it was made up of. Yeah, and for me, I I like al dente pasta as much as the next guy, but it was a little bit hard. Yeah, very hard. V hard. Uh, I could have just done with another minute. Mm. In personal personal preference. Yeah, I'm sure they know what they're doing. Um, uh, I mean, both dishes were fine. The service was good. I mean, she was good. She was good. She was nice. She was smiley. She was very friendly. Um, despite you burning menus, and and uh, but I I couldn't really get over the fact that the restaurant was completely empty. That's yeah. not their fault. It was the fact that it's a Monday night at five o'clock. So yeah, and I'm sure that peak time it's busier and there's more of a vibe in there. Mm-hmm. I I was I was I was I was whelmed whelmed by the food. Yeah, I reckon I reckon if you order well and you're with good people and it's busy, you could have a really good night there. Do you know like um, Wolf in Stoke Newington? Yeah, Italian restaurant. Um, probably doing Wolf a bit of a disservice actually because I've only ever had good experiences there. But yeah, like, me too, I like I love it there. Yeah, what are you gonna say? But a bit like middle of the road in terms of brand. Yeah, like it doesn't really jump. Out. Like you know how like Brighton places like that are like very trendy, mm-hmm. like P Franco and Brighton whatever. They've like killed that whole brand. Mm-hmm. I don't. I just feel like if you if you're opening a restaurant now, you've got to fucking nail that stuff. It's almost like you never think of. I can never think of Wolf. Yeah, like I never think. I oh, well, let's go. We actually walked past it the other day and went. Oh, we should go there. We never go there. Honestly, and it's like it just falls out of your mind. Yeah, it's not front because, and center. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's weird. It's a very weird thing. Pedaling, Pendle Mill Road, after a big old bowl of pasta is absolutely miserable. Miserable. I misjudged completely how um, hard it would be to cycle up and down Pentaville Road, which mm. is a fucking horrible... It is. A bit of a sneaky hill. In Underrated hill, yeah. It's a bit of a sneaky guy, that. Mm. Especially after the boiled pasta. And mm. I'm like, oh, man, I feel awful. Yeah, you needed to wait a few hours for those carbs to kick in. Oh, honestly. Arrived at... Lena Stores. At Cordrops Yard, which is our favourite oh. spot on the pod, apparently. We've made it. In one piece, we've made it to Cordrops Yard... Absolutely exhilarating ride there. Yeah, I actually love Cold Drops Yard. I quite like it as well. I don't want to like it because it's a bit soulless, but also it's a, so chill. All right, Lena Stores is a uh, a Soho stalwart, but we haven't gone to Soho because it is minus one degree. So we've come to the King's Cross version, the Cold Drops Yard version, which is fast becoming our favourite location on this podcast. Uh, hopefully going to sit at the bar. Hopefully going to get some pasta. And if not... We're going to Spiritland for a Margie. Lena Stores was a uh, deli originally in Soho, central London. England. Um, England. England. London, England. Uh, and uh, it opened a second pasta place not long ago uh, on one of Dean Street, Greek Street, or... was it the one? Brown Frith Soho? Street. Frith Street. I always forget the names of those streets. Um... I think they must have got a cash injection from somewhere, like investment, because they've opened that one in Soho, which is a pasta restaurant, and this one, which is in Coldrops Yard, which is huge, which is an absolutely massive site, as well as a little mini one in Arcade Food Theatre. <laughs> I sort of don't like how much it looks like the um... acres of space. By the way, oh, there's loads of room. I want to sit at the bar. Should we sit at the bar? Looks a bit like Paluchos. <laughs> <laughs> It looks like um, the place in Milan. The, the is it the the, um, the Wes Anderson bar? 
Yes. Yes, it looks like that. Hello, how are you? Very well. Cold. Very cold. Very cold. Lena Stores is like, it looks like, we both agree that it looks like the. Bar Luce in bar Milan, Luce. which is the Wes Anderson-inspired bar next to the Gucci building. The Gucci Museum. Museum? Yes. Yes. An office. Uh, in Milan. The thing about Lina Stores is, it's obviously very well done, and they've obviously got a big design team that have done it, and they've hired the right companies, and they've made it look a certain way. It's all like mint green, and like, which is apparently the colour of the season. Mint green is the new mm. is the new millennial pink, apparently, this year. Mm. Yeah. And uh, it's obviously been done very well, but it is a bit soulless, isn't it? Uh, yeah, you thought that. I was sort of torn in that scenario. So we sat at the bar, which I always think, if you're ever offered the opportunity to sit up at the bar where the chefs are, definitely you've got to do it. It's so entertaining. By the way, that hot top with the um, hands on that is absolutely... Especially in a place like that where it's very quick. Yeah, yeah. Watching them work so fast is really interesting. And it's just like volume. Yeah. Yeah. And so actually, up at the bar, when we were there, and there were a couple of guys next to us, and we are right by the pass, and the sh- it felt quite vibey mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. felt there was quite a lot of soul yeah but then you're slightly raised and you sort of look out over the big restaurant and there was just something about it i don't know whether it was slightly too bright or the tables were a little bit too far apart i actually or, I, I don't know the lighting is definitely something to do with it i i do you know what weirdly i reckon it'd be more of a vibe on like a busy weekend daytime yeah, I think that's maybe what it is. There's a lot of natural light in there. Yeah. Because a lot of windows. I reckon, like, honestly, sun streaming through those windows mm. and, like, that energy, that, like, freshness. Yeah. Is probably better than, like, a dark, cold night. But you see, my thing is, it, even though it's a Monday at the beginning of the week in January, I feel like you should always be able to create a good atmosphere. Yeah. Classic example is when we went to the Standard the other day, first thing in the yeah, morning, true. and, like, the, the vibe in there is so nice. Such even a, though there was barely anyone in there. Yeah. Like, the just little pools of light and it, mm-hmm. for me it was all a little bit kind of flat one yeah level i agree i completely agree um but that said up at the bar and and the server was really nice and the sort of banter with the chefs and stuff like i felt the complete opposite of that it was a real divide for me do you know the weird thing I, I often think this about restaurants you know when you see like you know when you go you know there, there are restaurants that have been around for like 60 years right mm. and they've done their time when mm. they've like they've opened someone's opened a restaurant and it's become the spot and it's been through loads of different fucking iterations and the area has changed around it and it's become like this real cultural fucking hub I just never feel like restaurants like Lena Stores restaurants like Padella not just pasta restaurants, just new restaurants. I never imagined them to be there for like very long. That they can like go through that test of time and like go through those different waves of trends and everything. I just feel like they're very of a moment and they'll just get moved on, which is kind of a weird thing because I, I I feel like that that feeling is is very um it it maybe mirrors kind of like modern day how people like have stuff and it's just trying everything's transient. And like no one has anything anymore. People just use stuff and put them down, pick stuff up, put stuff down, whatever. I just feel like there's never really restaurants that open and just like you can imagine them being the place that's oh that's gonna be that's gonna be Lena stores in King's Cross and that's gonna be there for a hundred years and people are gonna mm. go there and it's gonna be mm. like a thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Is that because the restaurants are made to be those things or have there always been restaurants that haven't been that and there have always been restaurants that are that? 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, how do you create an institution? Yeah. Can you create an or does does it just become it? I guess, like, uh, mentioning, we've mentioned P. Franco a couple of times, but P. Franco is a wine bar that does a bit of food on, like, a couple of induction hobs or whatever at the back, and they become known for, like, small plates, and they have, like, really good chefs that pass through, whatever, right? They're, they're, they're a very good example, I think, of that could very well be an institution that goes down as, like, something that, has done something at a certain time, has introduced like a lot of wine and natural wine and stuff to East London, London generally, has through its wider group influenced the restaurant scene in London by opening different types of restaurants and like, you know, having its wider arm dictate what the trends are. But also it's in Clapton, which is a shithole and not a shithole. I know you live there. It's not a shithole, but it, it inherently, when you compare it to like Cold Drops Yard and like Chelsea and Kensington, Clapton is like not a fucking great place. And it's a very real place. But that's my point. It's real and it feels real and it mm. feels imperfect and it feels like you could go there and I could imagine going there in 10 years' time and it's still being a bit fucking shit and a bit run down and a bit like, but it's amazing. Yeah, I know what you mean. Although I'd, my counter argument to that is do you think that more modern rest restaurateurs and people that open places have a shorter like atten- not attention span but a shorter like um almost like a patience like people will sort of do their project for like five or six years and then they're like right what am I going to move on to next yeah it's like a different goal isn't it it's rather, rather than, than opening your child bella that you think oh well this will just be here now until the yeah, family, this is the family business stop running now. it yeah this is just be ha- uh, here as long as my family are so it's almost like a lot of places almost open Vanity project's the wrong word, but like people open it because they want to see if they can do it and they want to see if they mm. can yeah. make their style of thing work and then it works and it like somewhere like P. Franco it blows up and mm. it's really good yeah, and probably it's busy right. and then either like I just I, who who takes on P. Franco when whoever runs P. Franco gets thing bored is, the of other, it? The other, the other hard reality is is that a lot of these businesses we've already said like Lena stores I'm, I'm almost certain Lena stores has had some sort of investment because they've grown massively the people who are making decisions are like money people. They're just like business mm, guys. They yeah. don't care. They, not that they don't care, but they care about the food in the sense of like, as long as it's hitting fucking overheads and like they can yeah, you're pay never staff putting... and they whatever. And it's like meeting the, the targets on spreadsheets. That's the goal there. It's not, it could, they could be selling anything as long as they're making the, the right turnover. So it's like yeah. weird. It's a weird thing. You're never putting it in cold drops yard, massive Do you know what A1 I mean? unit for yeah. the Italian soul. Yeah. No, exactly. Um, that said, that said, we sat at the bar and it was very delightful. Our yes. server was very friendly. We are actually going to order. Excellent. We're just going to order the double ravioli. All right. And the uh, hobbardelli with the oxtail. Because we're actually going for a second dinner after this, and this is a pre-dinner snack. Oh man, come on, yeah. this is a starter. Huh? Our ears pricked up when he talked about the stracciatella, mm-hmm. though we decided not to get the stracciatella because it was a pasta day, pasta only, and we ordered the. Uh, Ox tail ragu and the Jerusalem artichoke and oh salted ricotta. What else was in there? It was one thing. Other Another thing cheese, parmesan. Parmesan, which was very very sweet. It was intense because of the artichoke. I think mm-hmm. it was very intense indeed, but delicious. Yeah. and again, just three thing, just three raviolos. Yes, ravioli. God. Uh, <laughs> And that was pr- plenty. I preferred that dish rather than the oxtail ragu. Did you? Because I felt that though the ragu was good, it didn't like, it was like, it was fine. We said in there, didn't we? The thing with the meat ragu now is that everywhere's doing one 
and a lot of them will make me physically go, oh, it's so good. Like yeah, it'll make yeah, yeah. it will warrant 100%. a physical reaction mm-hmm. from me. Sometimes a vocal reaction. Yeah, sometimes. And that one didn't. Nah, it was a bit like meh. It was meh. It it it, it was not bad, but again, it was not. It didn't blow me away. Mm, didn't yeah. blow me away. Uh, and then the ravioli again was super nice, really sweet, very tasty, but like the sort of thing that I want to taste off someone else's plate, but I'm happy I didn't order myself. Correct. Lena Stores, I would absolutely give it another shot. Like yes. I really enjoyed my experience there and I would like to take Ness there. I think she'd really like it. And I I want to... I, the menu excited me to go and try other stuff, whereas I don't know if I could say that about the other place. Yeah, I probably agree with that. I probably wouldn't go back to Officino bloody zero zero. No, and I don't... Honestly, I can't. I can't really tell you why. I just didn't get excited by it. It felt a little bit like a sort of ZZ's. Yeah, I agree with that. It was nothing. It was nothingy. I I would agree with you. I would give Lena more of a benefit of the doubt, and I would like to try the other locations. Yeah, I. Uh... All in all, a very successful pasta occasion. Yeah, it was. Well, actually, do you know what? Actually, it wasn't because none of the pasta blew us away. Yeah, maybe you're right. All right, we'll see you next week. Uh, Thank you for listening. Uh, Enjoy your pasta. If you've got any favourite pasta spots, uh, anywhere we missed out, which we definitely did, hit us up at Set Meals Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. That is also the place that you can go when you want to send us a message when it's something that you're not happy with. See you later! is Acast Recommends. Every week we pick one of our favorite shows and this is one we think you're going to love. Abuse of Power is a new podcast that examines the ways the United States legal system has been used to take advantage of the very people that it's supposed to protect. I've been incarcerated in 31 years for a homicide and robbery I did not commit. He said, I know that you're lying and you just need to confess. I wondered how the hell did I get in this situation? The state does not want to admit that they executed an innocent man. Subscribe to Abuse of Power on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcast from the U.S. and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.